0: In Matthew chapter 17, verse 1 starts like this, six days after, six days after this transfiguration of our Lord Jesus took place, which means we need to look at what happened six days before. Something has happened six days before. Uh, What had happened six days before? Jesus took his disciples uh, out of their comfort zone uh, to a gentile territory uh, Caesarea uh, uh, Philippi uh, that territory that territory is full of idols full of roman gods there Jesus took his disciples and asked them an important question now Jesus has already spent three years with his disciples. Disciples know who Jesus is. And Jesus asked them a private question. Who do people say that the Son of Man is? Who do people say that I am? Very simple, straightforward question. It's easy to answer. What people say about me? They immediately said, you are john the baptist um, who died who was killed in fact and john the baptist has come back some say you are elijah the greatest prophet in the old testament some say you are jeremiah some say you are one of the prophets now i don't think jesus is impressed with that answer so he asked him another question Who do you say that I am? What people say about me is something, but now you have been with me for three years. Tell me who I am. Tell me who I am. Who do you say that I am? If you read Luke Gospel, the similar passage, a long silence. Nobody was talking. That's a difficult question. What can I say? Should I say Jesus is a healer? Should I say he is the teacher? Should I say a miracle worker? What should I say? A long silence. Peter emerged from the silence and said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus was very, very pleased with this answer. He said, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, but my Father in heaven revealed that to you. Now the same question comes to us. Who do you say Jesus is? Who do you say Jesus is? I know people believe that Jesus lived on this earth. Because he's a historical person. Uh, I think historians believe in that. Very good. But how, how do you see him? Who is he to you? Who do you say Jesus is? Now recently I had the privilege of going to the university in Eindhoven and uh, talking to uh, the students over there. It's, it's, it's a, uh, you know, you speak for some time and then you are given a question and answer session where they can ask you a question. So I spoke for some time and then the students asked question. The question, first question came very powerfully. How do you know God exists? Can you explain? Does God exist? Say it in a sentence kind of a thing a difficult question but then i answered this way i said it in two different ways one is you see the nature and you say and you say nature is beautiful but can you define what is this beautiful you see the nature you see it you hear the sound you uh, have a perception That perception is understood through your senses, all senses. And that's how you experience the nature. God exists. And through all my senses, I experience God. The second way I explained is this. God is personal. In Jesus, he came. He's a personal God. He's not impersonal. He has name. He is making relationship with me, and I am making relationship with Him. This is how I know God exists. I experience, looking at the nature, the existence of God, and by making relationship with Him, I enjoy uh, the presence of God in my life jesus is asking that kind of a question who do you say that i am are you experiencing me are you uh, having a personal relationship with me am i not the savior who has come to you have you realized this who do you say jesus is Now, you know recently in our council away day we have come up with our vision statement beautiful statement, we all have to memorize knowing Jesus and making Jesus known among internationals in uh, Eindhoven and beyond. Knowing Jesus and making Jesus known among international uh, in Eindhoven and beyond. Knowing Jesus, we are not talking about knowing about Jesus. Knowing about Jesus means That's an academic exercise. Oh, what is his character? What are all the things he has done? If you ask me, I will give you one page or even 100 page essay on Jesus. Knowing about Jesus. That's not what we are talking. We are talking about knowing Jesus. Having personal relationship with him. Growing in that relationship. Knowing him more and more. That's what we want to see happening in this church. It's not an academic exercise. Everyone individually should be knowing Jesus. That's what Jesus is checking with these disciples. Do you know me? Do you know me? Now, Jesus said this uh, Sorry, Peter said this very beautifully. Jesus said, flesh and blood did not reveal to you, but my Father in heaven has revealed this great revelation to you. On this I am going to build my church. Peter is very happy because among the twelve he stood tall and he came very powerfully. Now Jesus opened up. Yes, you have understood me as Messiah. He opened up and he started talking in plain language. He said, now, I have to go to Jerusalem. We are on the way to Jerusalem. There, son of man should undergo great suffering at the hands of chief priests, elders, and scribes. To be, and he will be killed. And on the third day be raised. As soon as Peter heard that Jesus is saying that he should undergo great suffering. He did not like it at all. He had some kind of a courage in him. I don't know what kind of a courage it took Jesus aside and said, in fact, Matthew says he started rebuking Jesus. This should not happen to you. Everything is going very beautifully. Everything is going very nicely. We are getting the entire group following us. Allow this to go for some more time. We will capture our own land. We will establish David's kingdom. Everything is going beautifully. Why this should happen to you? Why you should be killed? Why you should go suffering? Jesus immediately said, Get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. For you are not setting things on divine, uh, but on human things. Now, this is where Jesus uh, stopped six days ago. And now, on the sixth day, uh, after six days of what had happened, Jesus is transfigured before his disciples. Now... What is transfiguration? A change of his appearance. A change of his appearance. Only three disciples had the privilege, Peter, James, and John. He, uh, uh, Jesus became very bright. His clothes started uh, shining. In uh, Matthew Gospel, Matthew very clearly says, he shone like the sun. He shone like the sun. What does that mean? That means the sun doesn't take light from anywhere. Sun gives light, moon borrows that light. Jesus is the light. And he shone powerfully. Yes, he came as the light to this world. And His a glimpse of his glory is shown a glimpse of his glory. Why did Jesus transfigure in front of his disciples? Is it to show that he is divine? I don't think so. Because if you read until chapter 17, already it is established that Jesus is divine. Yes, Jesus has power over sickness and disabilities, uh, all physical disabilities. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, the mute speak, the maimed made whole, the lepers are cleansed, uh, cleansed from leprosy. All diseases are healed in Jesus, uh, by Jesus, in his name. So that's divine. His divinity is already established. Not only that, now he has uh, the power over Satan or demons. Demons he cast out demons, um, he has power over uh, the uh, nature. Uh, he walked on the water. He he scolded the storm, and they stopped. And he has power over death. Um, Jarius' daughter was raised from the dead. So he is utterly divine. That is established. Then why did Jesus? Uh, transfigure before his uh, uh, disciples i think it is all because before he goes to the suffering before he goes to the cross he wants his disciples to see his glory a glimpse a short uh, 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 glory of jesus i don't think that's the fullness uh, we could see a small a glimpse of his glory he revealed, so that when he comes to the cross, the disciples would know that look, he is already filled with the glory. Now he comes to the cross, not for himself, for us for our sins, for human sin, he is coming to the cross, the suffering is exclusively for us the human beings so when whenever we talk about jesus we cannot simply talk about the glory that is she, that is shown on the transfiguration Mount. we have to always attach the cross jesus cannot be understood without cross the disciples have to remember that and um, If you look at uh, uh, John's gospel, John has not written anything about the transfiguration. Matthew, Mark, Luke, three uh, uh, gospel writers have talked about the transfiguration, but John did not talk about it. Why John did not talk about it? It is all because for John, Jesus' entire life is filled with glory, and particularly his cross is the glory. His cross is the glory. So Jesus cannot be separated from the cross. The suffering is important. Jesus himself carries the wound marks even now. So when we talk about glory, we need to talk about the suffering that he had gone through. And this transfiguration is also an important lesson. We will all be transformed like him. And if we all have to be transformed like him, then we all have to go through the suffering. You know, at one side, we see his glory, the transfiguration, the greatest picture, wonderful, we stand in awe. On another side, we see the suffering. When we follow Jesus, we are going to be transformed in the likeness of Jesus, but we also go through the suffering. But the suffering that we go through is no way comparable to the glory that we are receiving in the future. That also the disciples should know. And I want to read these words from Romans chapter eight, verse 18. Paul says this, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us, whatever suffering that we go through, whatever difficulties that we have on this earth, which is no way comparable with the glory that are there for us in the future. So keep up the good work. Work hard. The suffering is for a purpose and take the suffering with sincere heart. Now we move on. As they were standing as, you know, the three disciples have been got a lot of privileges. They were the three people who were at Jairus house, uh, inner circle, witnessing how Jesus raised the daughter. These are the three people who were with Jesus all alone in the Garden of Gethsemane. There again they missed it. Here again they missed it. Uh, They were sleeping. But then as they got up, they saw this glorious picture. Moses and Elijah were standing with Jesus and talking. Of course, again, uh, if you look at Luke chapter Luke uh, uh, description or Luke's report of Jesus' transfiguration, there Moses and Elijah joined with Jesus, talking to him about his departure, what would happen in Jerusalem. So the glory is, uh, you know, uh, they they are talking about how he would fulfill the uh, scripture on the cross. That's not, uh, we will move on. Now, Moses and Elijah are two important characters of the Old Testament. In fact, the entire New uh, Old Testament was standing there. What is Old Testament? Law and the prophets. Law is given by Moses and the chief prophets, uh, the, the, the greatest prophet uh, uh, of the Old Testament is Elijah. The entire Old Testament is standing there and these Jews, Peter, James and John, could not, uh anyway uh, undermine this moses is important for us elijah is important how can these two people be missed so peter in his own innocence came forward and said i'm going to build three dwellings one for you jesus one for you moses and one for you elijah while he was still talking a bright cloud overshadowed them and the voice came very clear this is my son my beloved with whom i am well pleased listen to him listen to him by the time they opened their eyes of course they fell down with this voice and by the time they opened their eyes moses and elijah disappeared this is the my son listen to him in other words Peter tried to put all three in the same level and the voice from heaven clearly said this is my son listen to him this is the one who is your Savior listen to him are these disciples listening to Jesus Peter is saying to Jesus you should not undergo suffering is he listening He says, we want only glory, we don't want any suffering. James and John, are they listening to Jesus? They came to Jesus, we want to be great. Greatness is our target. Allow us to sit on your right and the left. When you come in glory, are they listening to Jesus? Jesus is talking to us every day. I don't think he is... uh, Hidden anywhere? Is there in our lives through scriptures, through the many events that are happening around us, through the events happening in our lives? He is talking to us. Are you? We listening to him? The voice from heaven clearly said, "Listen to him." I want to finish with this illustration. The captain of a ship, while uh, he was sailing his uh, 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 battleship, saw a light at a distance he saw a light at the distance as soon as he saw the light he thought he is in danger or that light is also in danger so he called his signal man and said send this message immediately take uh, alter your codes 10 degrees south alter your codes 10 degrees south Immediately, a message came from the other end, alter your codes 10 degrees north. Now, the captain got a little annoyed and he immediately asked the signalman to send another message, alter your codes 10 degrees south, I am a captain. Immediately, a message came from the other side, alter your codes 10 degrees north, I am seaman third class Jones. Now, the captain got again angry and he said, alter your course 10 degrees south, I am a battleship. Then another message come from the other side, alter your course 10 degrees north, I am a lighthouse. I am a lighthouse. Now the voice comes clearly. May the dear Lord help us so that we listen to him. God bless us all. Amen.